and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Can't see anything. How about now? Hang on. Uh, microphone array, yes, it should be okay. All right. All good? Yep, cool. here we go. One, two, three. Lauren Ryan, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chat, so thank you so much for agreeing. Oh, thanks for having me, Jules. My absolute pleasure. Now, you're slightly different because you have um, been working for Think Tank, which is the amazing company that has sponsored um, a couple of our events. So I am very interested to hear about your career so far. And, I, and you've given me a couple of gems over the last few months. So I know there's some juicy stories here. So let's start off with, let's go back to when Lauren was a little girl. What sort of size family did you have? Where did you grow up? And um, where did you go to school? Good place sure. to start. Um, I, I grew up in the North Shore in Sydney. Yep. And I went to Ravenswood. Um, mm-hmm. So I grew up in a suburb called St Ives and we sort of moved around a little bit. And uh, I think we moved to Pimble when I was about 10. Um, so I sort of finished fit, well, finished primary school and high school uh, there. But but Revo's in um, Gordon, so it's all it's all very close to each other. The North Shore is very... All very inner city. So um, uh, yeah, any brothers of- and sisters? Yes, I'm the eldest. Um, my brother yeah. and sister are twins, uh, fraternal ah. twins. Um, so that was a bit of fun because fraternal <laughs> twins are genetic. And I um, know, I've got a pair. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, did you know that they were genetic before you had them? Because I don't think that my folks knew that uh, twins ran in their family. No, they don't run in my family at all either. You could have knocked us all over with a feather. So how much younger are they than you? Uh, I was January and they were um, March Two, two years, so almost two years after me. Right. Um, so that was a bit of fun for my mum, having three kids under the age of um, two because my dad <laughs> travelled you begin, Can you even imagine? <laughs> well, my dad travelled overseas a lot in the first sort of ten years of my life for his work, so mum would be holding the babies and say, Lauren, don't run away. I'd look <laughs> at her and see ya. Run away. Um, so I learned how to swim. We called them bubbles growing up, but I think the correct term is floaties. So I learned how to swim without a floaty on when I was very little. So I love the ocean. <laughs> so I'd always take off into the beach um, and then people would come running after me because I was a little two-year-old and I could swim fine. I'd take off and people would come and grab me and bring me back to mum, kicking and screaming and, and telling her, telling her what a bad mother she is. And mum's like, she can swim. She's fine. Um, unless you <laughs> want to help, stop I've her. got three. I've got three <laughs> yeah. of them. And, and yeah, what do you want me to do about it? So, <laughs> so which leads me perfectly to what did your dad do that took him away traveling so much? Or what does um, your dad do? At, at the time he was, uh, he was in IT engineering. Um, okay. So obviously the, I mean, the IT and tech is, is a very broad, a very broad um, area, but it's, it's kind of grown a lot over the last 30, 35 years. But um, he 
he did a lot of work on some of the initial hardware, um, pieces of hardware that went into, you know, phones and laptops and things oh, like that right. I think 30, 35 years ago when when they were these big monstrosities which we've sort of made smaller and now we have phones the size of iPads. I, I don't really know. We've kind of gone from small to big to small to <laughs> That's exactly size. what happened. I remember being thinking it was it's, great it's to have a tiny phone. <laughs> yeah, it's very Goldilocks, you know, which whichever porridge suits you best. There's one for you. <laughs> That's um, right. We have one of all sizes now. Um, and then he did a lot of work. Um, he did his MBA and then he did a lot of work in sort of the COO, CMO, which is a chief operations officer and chief marketing officer type roles, um, okay. all in, in IT companies. But um, he would come in when they were at sort of the idea phase and once the, that that idea had been proven that it, it, it was, you know, market ready, he would come in, take a large equity stake and be the driving force behind a lot of the marketing operations and um, uh, operations of the business. To oh, then eventually smart sell guy. It off, to eventually, eventually sell it off to a large larger company um, or to have a large investor come in to, to take it to the next level. So he kind of did a lot of that seed funding. Um, it was at that uh-huh. seed funding stage. So he would come in as the, the expert to grow. So he sounds quite entrepreneurial. Very much in so. sort of some way, um, yeah. So now he does a lot of, um, and look, if he ever listens, he's probably going to berate me for saying the wrong thing. This is how <laughs> I interpret anyway. what he does. Um, at the moment he's doing a lot of sort of tech VC funding type work so right, he's had a lot of experience in the in the tech space um working as sort of the you know an equity player as well as working within a very small business taking it to a sizable business um and then he's worked as an employee in some very large companies as the tech has developed over the last 35 years so he's got quite a lot of experience there um yeah. but his most recent role since i remember him working have always been at that executive level to take an idea that has been proven and make it market ready and make you know everyone in the world want one um so oh, now he's very sort of winding man. back a bit and he's coming in and saying well i've got the you know strategic expertise i've got the say board executive level compliance expertise um and i can help you raise funds um so i'm going to come in at that at that level and help you sort of as a consultant style yeah, rather than yeah. having rather than it being a full-time job because he wants to scale it back a little bit um and that's sort of what he does at the moment love it. um well so i love it I'm, I'm sure that um despite best intentions scaling back when start businesses are starting to go global um or go really really big is probably a bit of a pipe dream but i love what he does must have been a great role model for you so yeah i mean it's you, you must be shocked to learn that i went into fundraising and say so <laughs> just followed him which is good and bad i see some of his characteristics and i think oh god i hope i'm not like that in 30 years time. <laughs> you are going to be like that i'm sure you are but you know we all know careers can be a very wiggly worm so um you Talk, talk to me about school. Did your high school, did you enjoy it? Did you go through to year 12? Yep, yep. Um, there wasn't really an option um, coming <laughs> from a private, private school in the North Shore. Um, no, I love school. It's funny. Um, a couple of the girls I work with now were a few years younger than me at school and I made the comment about how different I am at school, than how different I am now to them when I was at school, some of my colleagues, and they're like, that's a lie, you're exactly the same. You're just <laughs> 12 years older. Um, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you were always this comfortable in front of people. You were always this outgoing. You were always this kind of personality. It's just, you know, at 15, 16, it was awkward high school trying to find ourselves 
that everyone was yes. going through, but they're like, but the fundamentals of your personality are exactly the same. I was like, oh, that's, that's a bit of a <laughs> And did you thing. take on any leadership roles at school? Or did you just uh, kind yes, of go I, through that? No, I was, I was a lot of sports captain. So growing up, I played okay. high level cricket, high level tennis, high level softball. Um, my first game of hockey was actually against a country, against the touring um, South African it. team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, my, my friend didn't tell me when they needed a goalie to fill in that it was the, uh, under 19 South African team touring for a world cup. Cause she knew wow. I wouldn't do it if, um, if she told me. And then when I saw the bus turn up big bus with a South African flag on it, I thought, Hmm, it's stitched up here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen hockey, but the hockey goalies, they look like Ninja Turtles. Uh, there's yeah, a lot of padding do. and it's pretty hard to, to get on and off. Um, so I, I had a lot of sporting accolades. Um, I was the, I was a sports captain for my house. There were four houses right. at Ravo. Um, I going for, um, prefect and, and look, it probably still is a popularity contest. Um, and it very much was a popularity contest when I was at school and I was popular cause I was good at sport, but I wasn't popular for any other reason. Um, so <laughs> I, I was never going to be a prefect. Um, and, and I was, my, um, my report cards always said the same thing. The teachers are like, she's smart. She just needs to apply herself and she's too fucking cheeky. Um, oh, yeah, so I was never going to be a prefect or a school captain. Cause I was, my personality was probably a little bit too, um, yeah, pestering. To, to be the role a, a, a bit of pestering, and I think a bit of being maybe the class clown to keep everyone else happy. I watch my sons do it, um, uh, which doesn't endear you to the teachers when it comes to um, you know getting into those roles later on. But yeah, that I mean, means all, you can do all, what you want. All my, want te- in all my teachers liked me because I don't know, maybe my comedic level was mature <laughs> enough that they thought it was funny. Um, but um, yeah, it was. I was never going to be a school captain. Um, and right. that's okay, I didn't want to. No, that's um, right. There's, we all have our places. Okay, so uh, what did you do when you left school? What was the um, first job? I actually job? started doing um, – so I went to uni. I actually started doing theatre production. So I did a lot of okay. um, behind-the-scenes work at um, – it was called the tech team, but I did all the behind-the-scenes work at all the, the plays. So I loved What kind of behind-the-scenes? Was it lighting, sound, uh, Lighting, sets? sound design, production manager, set design. Oh, all of it. Um, all of, all of it, because when we sort of, we started when we're in year nine and year 10, so you start as a Grom, like you do in everything. And then eventually in year 12, we worked our way up to managing the shows and, and, um, we had, you know, two, um, adults sort of who ran the the tech team. Um, and they were great. They weren't teachers. They were, they were experts in, in in all of that kind of stuff. Um, but they kind of let us run the show. So I really liked it. Did a little, did, did a couple of things at NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts. Yep. Um, but I realized that um, artists were rather diva-esque and <laughs> I, uh, we were seen as, we were seen as less important to the actors. And I was like, well, good luck putting your show on without any lights, mate. Yeah. Have, have fun. <laughs> you, you do that. You, good luck. Um, and, and look, growing up in a, where I grew up with some wonderful girls and then some very diverse girls. I really didn't need that. So, but I loved it. It was fun. Um, and, um, did a bit of that at uni, did a bit of the sort of creative arts. So you do all those first level uni sociology. What, what did you do at uni? What, what degree did you do? So it was called, it was called creative arts. So I did that okay. for 18 months. Um, yeah. but I, I've helped put on a show out at Epping. Yeah. Um, and the, the director, she did some work with the Sydney Theatre Company and at the time Jeffrey Rush and Kate Blanchett were very involved. So yeah. they came to see the show. Um, I got to sort of meet them and 
quickly chat to them and um, I learned pretty quickly that if I wanted to make a career out of behind the set, behind, you know, the the, the theatre, stage theatre, I was probably going to be a tennis coach for the rest of my life. So I was a tennis coach since I was about 14 um, and I decided I could either be the struggling artist or I could be the uh, wealthy banker who goes to the theatre. And Right, well, and you chose the latter. I I kept the theatre um, as my as a hobby. Hobby. So yeah. I'll go and see every show. Um, you know, I'm more inclined to to um, musicals rather than plays. I know some people hate musicals. I I, I just don't, I don't understand that. I love them. Um, and I've got a few friends who are opera singers. So yeah. a lot of them went to WAPA or NIDA or the Brisbane Con, um, and they they have performed in um, some shows around Australia and are part of the. Sydney um, Opera, or oh, sorry, the Australian Opera. Um, yeah. So I, lo- I love to go and see all that. Um, oh, I look forward well to done. going to some of the, the main, the big shows in your New Yorks and Londons when when I can next get over there. So, oh, yeah, started nice. creative arts, realised I wasn't actually that creative. and um, So yeah. what did you do? Did I uh, went to, I did uh, finance. So um, oh, I did On a the other extreme. <laughs> yes, yes. Naturally, it's a natural move, creative Yes, okay. Comments. So you yeah. you do a finance degree. Where do you go after yeah. that? Did you get a job while you were at uni as an undergrad or? Yes, yeah, so I, I started at MLC, which is mm-hmm. the superannuation arm of uh, NAB. Um, mm-hmm. Did that for 18 months. Um, and, you know, all of the, the issues that, that we get told about and we see in big companies, NAB was no different and I really struggled because I'm a bit of a go-getter um, and I saw a lot of people who were very happy doing sweet FA. Or as little paid. as they could possibly as get away as with. Possibly could. And that was totally fine. That was that was their prerogative, but that yep. wasn't the environment for me. And right. all of the archaic rules around you have to be in a role for 18 months before you can move on. Okay, why? Oh, because. I was like, hang on. Oh, my on. God, is that a rule there? I got told when I was eight by my parents that because was not an answer. You no. cannot be telling me this in a corporate <laughs> setting. This is ridiculous. Um, wow, so that's so, a rule, 18 months in the same role before oh, you I mean, can move look, up. You can call it whatever you want, whether it was a rule, whether it was just some the middle unspoken management. Who rule and, or whatever. And what, what I really struggled with was a lot of these middle managers who are praying for a redundancy so that they can move on to another big packet to do sweet FA. And I was like, Shh, okay, this is not for me. Jeez, if, I didn't I even know that was a thing. Company. <laughs> Um, I'm coming back at one of these senior levels where I can actually make a difference. I'm not. I'm not going to be someone that works in the bank for thirty years and works my way up. It's just not happening. Oh my goodness! So, You're going to be a handy woman to know. All right. So uh, may- you started. You started at MLC. Take me through yeah. the rest of your career and how you've ended up at Think Tank. And then I've got some more juicy questions for you. Cool. Um, so I went to a little um, startup peer-to-peer lender called Society One oh, and okay. ran their investor book for about four years. Um, what so, attracted you to the startup? Was it dad and what you'd learned with him or? Um, I look honest, I, at 23, I don't really know what attracted me to it, to be totally honest with you. Um, I think there was a bit more autonomy. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be, the, it wasn't going to have the sort of rigid no. rules that I saw as really archaic that, that the big bank would. Um, and when I met the the um, chief investment officer, he was basically like, look, I'm pretty busy raising money from these kind of clients. I'm going to let you have these kind of clients. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. Right. So cool. 
great. <laughs> Thank you. I'll have it again. Um, so I just got to, yeah, run with it. Um, and I really liked that. So um, that was, and, you know, fintech was all new and fancy and it was a buzzword and it probably still is, but it was a buzzword, you know, eight years yep. ago, 10 years ago. Um, I, I, I studied a little bit of cryptocurrency when I was at uni. Um, so there was just a lot of things that attracted me to fintech because it was new and it was very different to what I experienced at, at the bank. Um, and it seemed to just be a new, a new way of, um, of, of the world of finance. So I thought let's, let's all get involved. And I realized at a startup, you get paid very little to do a shit ton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, do I know that. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I had no equity. So I was getting, you know, there there was no, there was no gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that, that was entertaining. I got to learn that. Um, but, um, that was a bit of fun. And then after four years, think tank, um, they basically tapped me on the shoulder. So the CFO at the time was a good family friend of a good family friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were looking for someone to go and run their two funds and go and, you know, do all the presentations and talk to people and build a brand awareness and build an investor awareness, um, in, in a space that, you know, we didn't have an awareness in. Um, well, let's give a little plug for Think Tank right now because they've been very good to us. So sure. tell everyone a little bit about what they do because there will be a lot of people that have never heard of them. And yes. I thought it was going to be an online learning portal or something with a name like Think Tank. Yeah, look, and, and I'll so the reason why, and I'll explain that afterwards. Um, so Think Tank is a non-bank uh, commercial and residential property lender. We specialise in lending products for people who run their own business, who are self-employed, or who are looking to purchase an asset through an entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be if you're looking to purchase a property through your super fund. If or your you business. Are, could you do it through your business? business? Yep, so okay. super fund, business, But trust. not just as a consumer. You can't just go in and say, I, Jules Brooke, want to buy a house. No. And, okay. and look, if, if, you, if you're a PAYG borrower, you, chances are you'll, you'll go to a bank because right. uh, the banks have spent a lot of money and a lot of time building um, algorithms to um, digitize and automate a lot of the lending processes. So yeah. if you if you are a PAYG and you get paid six grand every month and these are your expenses, what's in, what's out, the, Easy the algorithm for them kind to of see. do it all for you. Um, yeah. And because the cost of originating that loan is quite low because a computer does it, you're able to get a pretty good rate from the banks. And I'm simplifying the process. Yeah, no, I so love for it. Anyone Keep that's it simple. <laughs> that, anyone that's listening and thinking that, that's not me, it's a very simplified version of it. Um, where there was a gap in the market in 2006 was that people who are self-employed or who um, wanted to borrow through an entity or who run their own business, there was a gap in the market because uh, the bank's aren't great at underwriting credit. No, I have to say as a business owner, I always used to go, hang on a minute, I'm trying to make my income look as low as possible. If I can get it to zero, fabulous, because then my taxes are up, but it's not going to help me when I want to buy a house. No, it's not. And it's it's a bit of a compromising position that you put yourselves in because you want to maximise your tax benefits, but it can really hinder you when you're looking to purchase property yeah, yeah. or you're looking to get credit in some form. So so what we're really good at at Think Tank is um, analysing you and your business with the understanding that you are self-employed, that the income might be lumpy depending on your industry and that you are trying to minimise your um, taxable income. So we can – and because everyone, every loan on our loan book, on our loan book is um, – 
looked at by a credit officer. So right. we have a, someone who understands what they're doing. Yeah. And because every single borrower is different, every single business is different, yeah. especially when you have trust structures involved or you have a super fund or you might have, you know, I run a business over there that might not be making any money, but it's to subsidize this business over here that's making heaps. Yeah. Um, th- th- there's a lot of complexities when it comes to, you know, people in that position. And that's what we're, we're that's what we're really good at. Um, yeah. So if you're looking to purchase a property, a residential property or a commercial property, um, then, then, you know, we can kind of help you with that. Um, all of our originations are done through mortgage brokers. So you, Jules, couldn't come to Think Tank and say, hey, I'd like to purchase a property um, right. and I'd like to borrow the money. We would refer you to a mortgage broker because we've spent a lot of time um, educating and helping the broking industry to understand the kind of loans that we can write mm-hmm. um, and how to engage with us and then how to educate the borrower. So uh, we can always, we can always refer you to a mortgage broker um, if anyone's interested. So don't, don't feel like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to reach out to Lauren because, you know, I don't have a broker. We can introduce you to one. um, And, and that's basically what we do. So amazing. So why is it called Think Tank? Uh, (laughs) Tell me the history. That's fine. Uh, So the founders uh, worked in the mortgage broking space. Okay. And let's say that your mortgage broke, your company was called Loans One Two Three, yep. and your competitor was Loans Six Four, Seven five, Eight. Six. Yeah. Um, uh, loans One Two Three would do some advertising, and look, advertising in two thousand five or six was not as sophisticated as, as as it is now. But Loans One Two Three would do some advertising, and they were finding that business was going to Loans Five Four five, six, seven, because either because of the way the algorithms work, maybe because the consumers were just a bit daft or maybe because the advertising really wasn't that well positioned. So when Think Tank started, the founders decided we are going to name it something completely different to our competitors because we're going to solve this one problem that only occurs for us. Little did they know that in 15, 16 years' time, we'd have people think of us as a shark tank. People think we are a think tank. It's it's complex. But, but it's hey, cool. Uh, no, no, it's cool. It's just, it, it's just, yeah, it gave me the wrong impression the first time, but I love what it is that no, they no, do. No, Okay, um, now talk to me about, this is a podcast about women in business. And one sure. of the things that I like to hear about, if possible, is um, do shout outs for women that have helped you in your career. Have there been some women that have helped you in your career so far? I know you're only just a baby, but... <laughs> She keeps rubbing um, in that she's only 30, by the way, and I'm, of course, 30, nearly 31. 55. So. Forgive me, 31. Um, yeah, you look, could they're, almost they're, be they're, my daughter, actually. That's really weird. Yeah. We won't go there. Um, Keep going. Look, no, it, ha- it happens a lot when I meet some investors and they're like, how, how young are you? <laughs> I tell them. They're like, are you married? No. I have a son. I was like, I'm sure that you do. I'm sure you do have a son. But if you're 80, chances are he's 50. Yeah, not right for you. Anyway, okay, Um, so women in your career, have there been any that you'd like to name and tell us how they've helped you? um, I mean, there have been a couple. There were a couple at the bank that held quite senior roles. um, They were supportive of you and women? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they seemed to be. um, Okay. There's nobody that sort of stands out like that you could go, oh, my God, I wouldn't have this career if it wasn't for her. No, no, not not really. Not yet. Um, not yet. Hopefully, it'll come. Um, you know, work, working in in what I in the industry that I do, um, it's mostly mostly men. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, I've had some really really fantastic 
over the last few years, some really fantastic male colleagues, not people that I work with in my business, but because we travel around a lot, um, people at events have sort of taken you under their wing quite friendly. Um, and you know, they're, they're really good at sharing their experiences and helping, um, and not to take the conversation to, uh, on a sour note, but they've not protected me, but they've helped me, um, I actually say protected. In some cases, when some of the other other um, people we were travelling with got a little bit inappropriate, they they would they would recognise that and step in. Um, oh, because good. I travel by myself, so I don't have colleagues to rely on and and help me out. Um, yeah. So we've been pretty lucky that a lot of the guys are were able to kind of nip nip some of those things uh, in the bud before it got to before it got to a point that you know was was uncomfortable and because I was 26 27 I'd never really experienced someone talking to me like that or behaving like that high level football at the time so I wasn't really going out partying and drinking um, because I was I was training for football so um, just a shout out to those guys but <laughs> there, there have always been sort of women in my work who are quite successful. Um, and yeah, I, I can, I can talk to, talk to some of them when I need to, but. Well, that's good. It's I'm, just nice I'm, to have role models and know that there's people who maybe would have your back if needed. Yeah. And you know, yeah. when, when I've got a question, um, can ask them, um, I often go and walk into meetings with people and, and it takes them a hot second to realize that no, I'm the person running the show. Um. I'm not the I junior. Love that. There's no one else coming, <laughs> um, and you know, initially that was a bit difficult to comprehend. Um, and I had a chat to some of my female colleagues, and they're like, "Yeah, he'll how up." Um, Jules, maybe closer to your age, and they're like, "Yeah, it happened to us all the time." You just, yeah. you honestly, you 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 learn how to deal with it pretty quickly, and I do. And as I mean, you, you've met me a couple of times. I'm not particularly shy. I um I don't get offended. Down to earth is with the way that I like to put it. Pardon? <laughs> down to earth is what is is what I like in women, and and you're very down to earth. So, um, but yeah, it just helped with the confidence walking in, being like, yeah, I'm happy to talk to a group of advisors or a chief investment officer. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is how we do it. If you don't like, if this is what you're looking for, then I'll I can refer you to someone who is what you're looking for. And if you have a particular view on what we do, that's entirely up to you. You are welcome to your view. Yeah, um, yeah and it's just helping true. me deal with some of those confrontational conversations, but um, I don't know. I'm just. Okay. No, no, that's a good answer. Not every, not everybody has got standout people. I had a boss when I was 21 and I worked in a newspaper and she was like a mum to all of us, you know, I mean, and when I think of it, there were women who were 50 in our um, sales rep teams as well as, you know, me being 18 or 19, but you know, occasionally you get those sort of standout people that you still remember. Yeah, it was funny. When I started at the bank, I had two um, female managers and mm-hmm. I actually had the reverse experience. I saw the way that they, uh, the, the entitlement that, I, that that came across to us as their as their team members um, and how important they thought they were and how unimportant they actually were. Yes. So rather than, rather than having them as role models of, wow, you know, you guys really helped, I look at them and think back and think I'm never going to be like that. I saw that really <laughs> Very quickly. true. I, in fact, my, <clears throat> my first, first job ever, I got headhunted to the Herald Sun just after R- Rupert Murdoch had bought it. And I had um, a woman who had obviously um, – 
pulled herself up from the bottom, shall we say, as hard as she could, crawling over anybody that she could to get up there. And I just remember her saying, I used to be a psychiatric nurse and if you cross me the wrong way, I'll shove your head down the toilet. And I was like, oh, my God, is this like something out of one flat of the cookie's nest? Okay, yeah. here we go. When you are... Um, passionate about what you do, which you obviously are, and very driven. There is a common theme for a lot of women who are successful that I've noticed, which is where they've had burnout. So one of the questions that I like to ask is how are you juggling the juggle? How are you giving yourself time out when you're very ambitious and want to get to the top? You know, how are you slicing up your week? Um, well, I, I've always played a lot of sport. Um, so I right. think 2019 – um, I did about 80 flights in the year oh, for work. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was playing semi-pro football at the time, so we trained three nights a week, played on Gosh. Sundays, um, and I was running a business chamber for a sporting club in Sydney. Right. Um, and, you know, trying to have a social life and maintain, um, you know, the friendships that I had and all the commitments you've got to your friends and your family and, and all that fun stuff. Um, so, I, I, I mean, for me, I, I don't feel – like I actually do that much um, because I still I sleep, you know, seven. Well, I want eight, to know. Well, so, so take me through your, your your week roughly. So Monday to Friday, I assume you're working nine to five at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I go to the gym at five thirty every day. Um, I play tennis three nights, three times a week. Right. Um, and so really, between sports, sleep, and work, there isn't probably a lot of time left over. Oh, I'm actually studying my CFA level one at the moment. So if I'm not playing sport, um, I'm studying. Um, and are you conscious but, of your health? Are you conscious of not working too much? I think so. Or not really? I just wonder um, whether I'm, when I'm you're 30 sure. years old, you, you know, you feel like you're six foot tall and bulletproof and you can take it all or whether you are consciously going, actually, weekends have to be about sport and no work or? Um, well, I actually had a moment yesterday where I saw a few emails come through on my phone. I was studying and I was like, you know what, I'm actually not going to answer them until Monday. Oh, no. good girl. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm I'm pretty good at recognizing, at least for me, when when I need to take some some time. Um, my body's also always had a pretty good way of realizing if I'm burnt out, it just knocks me down for a week with a chest infection or a throat infection. Right. Um, so I, I went to Africa when I was 20, um, and I got a pretty bad lung oh, infection. You didn't mention that. <laughs> what <laughs> did you do there? Uh, built built houses, taught English. Nearly lost oh. my thumb to a goat. Um, we were giving the goats medicine because they were like the main source of income for the village. Um, and I was giving the medicine to the goat, and it was a pretty big goat. And he chomped down on my thumb and took off. Um, but it's all right. I have. Hang on. What, yeah, I'm just looking at you. Yeah, okay. So he chomped down thumbs. on your thumb, but did leave. It's it okay. Attached yes. to you. <laughs> he didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't end the day with the thumb. Um, but since going to Africa. Um, my respiratory system gets whacked every now and then. So right. COVID was a bit scary just because of how uh, it impacts our respiratory system. Yeah. Um, but I've had pneumonia, bronchitis, chest infections, lung infections, never seemed to have the flu. So, um, you know, I've we'll touch look, wood. I look after myself the best way just, that I can. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I my, my dad is very cognizant of telling me that I need Lauren time. Um, oh, but he's also telling me that, you know, I need to get equity so that I can afford to live where I want to live. Um, and you said, so just I'm give me time, Dad. Another well, 10 years would be nice. Just getting very mixed messages. Um, but I'm also <laughs> watching him spend his our, our inheritance on us. 
And why is it our inheritance? I mean, his money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but but I don't know. I've I've always had a pretty good friendship group. My family's twenty minutes away. Um, but yeah, I spend as much of my time when I'm not working and studying outdoors. Um, so the the eight, you know, the six months we've had of rain in Sydney has been terrible because can't go outside, can't do anything outside. And that's on the back of um, a year and a half of lockdowns on and off at least anyway and various Yeah, and I mean even during the lockdowns, I live I live in Bellevue Hill in Sydney, so I live quite close to the beach. Um, so, you know, not to sound pretentious, but I kind of got sick of doing the coastal walk every day because right. that's, that's what we could do, <laughs> and, you know, going, going for surf. Well, it's, the, swim, it's doing so. anything every day starts wearing down, doesn't it? It doesn't matter thing. if you're walking around botanical gardens and it's beautiful, you still start mm. going, oh, my God, just a different view would be nice. Yeah, but um, playing sport's good. It's probably not as relaxing as it should be because I'm disgustingly competitive. Um, which will come as a huge shock to you, Jules, and everybody It just makes me laugh because I'm the opposite. As soon as people start competing hard, I just sit down and go, fine, just go for it. You can have it. Oh, no, it's it's, it's actually, it's terrible. It's pretty funny. Thanks, um, you dig in. It's, it's terrible, but it's it's good. So, you know, I, um, I flog myself at the gym and on the court. So as long as I can kind of go to bed mentally tired and physically tired, then I'm ready to go the next day, and um, right. so no, I, have, I haven't really experienced the burnout that, that I'm aware of. But um, no, that's good. No, yeah, it was more about it. what you're doing to prevent it happening because I, I sensed that it hadn't happened yet, and it might not happen. It never happened to me, but um, certainly I've I've been pretty exhausted at times, but yeah. I haven't had my physical health affected by it. Yeah, okay. for anyone that's looking for a good release, whacking the living daylights out of a tennis ball helps. Yeah, I bet it does. I bet it does. I think also um, boxing is another one that I think helps well, a lot of I, people. Well, I did, I did Thai kickboxing for a few years, but I um, dislocated my kneecap, so I had to <laughs> Ow. pull back. That sounds Ouch so is, is correct. Yes, yes, I'd say That's it's one of um, the injuries I an understatement. Remember. Okay, now is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? I love this um, question. It can be I mean, anything. The, the Africa one's always interesting. I, I think You've everybody given them knows all to me, haven't you? <laughs> Pardon? Oh, well, that's You've okay. given them to me already, um, Africa, sport. I think it's just some, some of my interests because I'm very I – I play a lot of sport and I know a lot about sport um, that sometimes some of my maybe softer um, enjoyments confuse people a bit. So in 2016, a big group of us went down to Melbourne to watch the UFC. Yeah. Um, which, which you do get some pretty interesting characters in the crowd at, at those kind of events. And the next day I went to um, see Kinky Boots at the Regent Theatre. <laughs> so my, my weekend was comprised of, yeah, pretty Great. pretty uh, grubby. Well, when you want people to UFC. do the theatre stuff with you, you just let theater. me know. I, I couldn't think of anything worse than going to see UFC, but I'd go and see Kinky Boots ten times oh, yeah, over. I mean, all, all, all the boys wanted to go, and I was happy to go for a, a weekend away. Yeah, so I think why it's not? just that I'm I'm just as comfortable talking to the boys at a footy lunch as I am um, at a fashion show, at a you know cocktail party, at the theatre. So really, we it's can just... put you anywhere, and you'll be fine. I can tell. Look, I like to think so. There's very few situations where I've looked around and thought, how the fuck did I get here? Like, <laughs> and how am I going to get out of it? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I was pretty I was pretty lucky that I was born, and I think I was born with it, with the, the capacity to um, be very comfortable talking to most people. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of work with um, 
as I said, I was a tennis coach. I did a lot of work with with little kids. I'm very comfortable with little kids. I've done a lot of work with people with disabilities. I'm very comfortable um, in that environment, both physical and, and mental. Um, there are very few situations or very few people that I meet that I walk away from and think that was, you know, that was uncomfortable. I don't get that feeling yeah. very often. Yeah. Oh, there are good. definitely times where I walk away and I was like, that 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 was an interesting cat. <laughs> I, that, that, that was an interesting person. Yeah, but, but it does take all types to make the world go round, doesn't it? I, I think it's it's great when you meet people like that because, yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I don't feel uncomfortable in many situations. So oh, well, as a good. result, I have a lot of interests and, you know, yeah. Yeah, keeps you going. Okay, last question is um, created by me just because I'm nosy and I'm obsessed with my phone. And the question is, are there any useful business apps that you've used on your phone for for pleasure or for work? But I'm not really interested in email and social media and I'm just looking for something cool that you might know that I've never heard of. Um, Any? Business apps, no, I don't. Um, Well, I mean, all the news apps, but they're not. They're not interesting. They're just yeah. They are what they are. Um, this is gonna. This is gonna sound. It's not as. It's not as lame as it sounds. Um, so <laughs> with my group of friends, we play what's called NRL Supercoach, like fantasy football. Right. Um, that's probably the app that gets the most the most workout for me during the the, the footy season. Um, oh, that's because fair the win, You know, the, the winner. There's 150,000 of us playing. Winner gets 50 grand. You know, it's worth it. Oh yeah, but, I um, think it's worth playing with something for 50 grand. But yes, me and some of my friends, whichever whoever comes out on top at the end of the season, gets a very nice steak dinner, and I've won about four years in a row. Um, oh my! And I'm God. actually getting my steak lunch on Friday at uh, Bistecca <laughs> in Sydney. If anyone trying knows, to just get it in now before the end of the season, steak when restaurant. You'll well, this be is actually this one. is actually for next se- for last season because of lockdown we couldn't have it. I'm not looking. I'm not looking very good this year. Um, oh okay. So that that's probably let someone else have a most. chance. Absolutely not. No. No, no way. If I can win every single year, I will. Right. That's their problem. Okay. Uh, but no, I'm I, whilst being a millennial, I don't actually enjoy using technology that much and spending all my life on it. I am much prefer to be doing a lot of the stuff that we do together whilst we're doing this over, um, you know, yep. virtually. Um, I much prefer to do stuff in person. So. Yeah, true. Now, Lauren, this has been an amazing interview. Uh, where, if people wanted to get hold of you, what's the best way to do that, or to find out more about Think Tank? Um, well, I'd say you can find me on LinkedIn, but unfortunately, Lauren Ryan's a pretty common name, so you'll you'll get a fair bit uh, of people there. But not Lauren um, Ryan from Think Tank. No, no, there's only one of me. Um, I think my Instagram is lauren.ryan29. That's how bad I am. I don't even know the handle. Um, okay, but, if I was um, saying, look, I've got a business client to send to you, what would you, what, where, where would you tell me to yeah. send them? So um, my, my email address is lryan at thinktank.net.au. Um, uh, or people can get me on my mobile, which is um, 0401. No, 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 don't put their mobile no, in. we're not no. doing that. I don't think Never we'll mind. do phone numbers, just in Fair case enough. there's some person that we've never heard Mate, of I'm in another calls country. I'm getting in the Cayman Islands every couple of days. So anyone, any, all the, all the weirdos <laughs> that, have got my, that could get my number have definitely got it. <laughs> yeah, true. I saw somebody building a website the other day and I was like, I don't think you should put your phone number on a website. I think you might just get a whole lot of calls. Um, yeah. But anyway, that is all great. And Think Tank is thinktank.net.au if anyone wants to yeah. go and have a little look. And, and just um, sort of finally on the, on, on the Think Tank stuff, um, 
So as I mentioned, we do a lot of stuff on the lending side. The other side of the business, which is sort of what I look after, um, <laughs> is a couple of investment trusts for people who are looking to generate income as they gear towards retirement um, and all of the funds are secured by property. So if anyone's looking for an alternate income solution and they're, um, you know, looking to gear towards retirement, then I'm, I'm happy to talk about the investment space and just what's going on in the investment world generally because it's going to be a pretty it's going to be a pretty interesting year ahead um, for many of you in, in, in your businesses um, as well as we start to see rates rise and, and just the, the general feel in the economy um, and then as well on the investing side. Um, it's, yeah, just going to be quite interesting. It's going to be an interesting time. And, and of course, you all want to grab Lauren now before she becomes CEO of some massive organisation because that's obviously on the cards too. <laughs> that's, that's may, maybe one day. I, um, I, I, jest, I jest to my sister. My sister's a lawyer and um, I jest to her that all of the favours I'm doing for her now, I'm going to call them all in as one big favour in about 20 years' time when she's some super successful, expensive, 10 grand a day lawyer because I'm going to need that. I don't need her now. I need her in 20 years' time. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks, Jules. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 